think that models should be able to unionize. Um, and I know that's difficult because models age out of the industry pretty quickly, but I think that models especially are often placed in vulnerable situations professionally. And I think that's something um, that models should have access to. Welcome back to the Model Memo. In this episode, I chatted with model and advocate Lale. We discussed everything from highlighting unity within the fashion and modeling community, transparency within sharing your own voice, the process of starting a blog, industry awareness, mental health, self-esteem and confidence, as well as the topic of the multifaceted nature of women's ambitions. So let's get the memo. Thank you so much for being here. I think you're just such an inspiration, not only to the modeling community, but also just the feminist community as well and the women's community. You've done so much work through your blog and I just can't wait to get your insight out there. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks again. I'm so excited. Yeah. So really digging into your journey, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and also how you got started in modeling? Yeah, of course. So I'm a 20-year-old student. I'm a junior at UMass Amherst, double majoring in journalism and operations and info management, Um, but I've become interested in the fashion industry. I have been for a very long time. Um, I grew up really involved in visual arts, drawing, painting, and the fashion industry was kind of an outlet for me to express that. So um, I really became interested in modeling, I think, towards the end of high school. I applied to agencies, didn't work out due to like body image reasons, but I actually met a friend Sarah last year, my sophomore year of college, and she encouraged me to pursue it um, freelance. And she sent me a list of photographers to work with. And that was really fulfilling. I had never even considered modeling that way. And since then, it's been like a great journey. That's incredible. That's incredible. And you do so much work alongside your blog. And I really wanted to highlight this as well, because there are so many blogs out there, but I feel like it's kind of rare to find a blog that actually highlights so many topics that are just real, organic, and also authentic. And your blog just literally does just that. Um, So I really want you to introduce your blog number one. And then number two, I would love for you to really dive into how you really created it and how you really built it. Yeah, of course. So I actually started the blog, um, originally focusing on the design component of fashion, analyzing runway trends, different fabric styles, um, focusing on the visual element rather than fashion as a workforce. And I think that began to shift as I reflected on my sexuality, as I reflected on the modeling industry, you know, the reactions people had um, to modeling. And I think the lack of industry awareness of working as a model. Um, So I really wanted women and just people involved in the industry in general to have an outlet to express their experiences seriously and transparency transparently. And that's just kind of how that got started. I really published, I would say, my first serious article a few months ago. And since then, it's been a journey reaching out to models and getting to know more people. Um, I've modeled before, but my network is definitely still pretty small. So I am definitely trying to expand upon that. And I really enjoy getting to know everyone. 
I love that. Yeah, I love the blog. I think it's so important, again, just like as I said, to get a lot of female voices out there, especially in the model community. And this is, again, the number one reason why I, you know, ended up creating this platform, just like you created your platform as well, is just to bring more unity within the industry, but also get so many voices on one platform because our voices matter, especially as women and also especially in, you know, these industries that might be considered a little bit, you know, of, you know, have a mystique or maybe be less known or maybe a little foreign to you know another community um so it's so cool to get these voices out there and transparent voices as well um and you highlight a lot of transparency in the blog and i do want to speak again on not just like your writing process but also the transparency element so when you created the blog was it something that you really wanted to do as far as transparency and really have that organic flow within the writing and within within the guests and the posts what was that like for you Of course. So the goal for the blog um, and the writing style specifically is to just kind of emulate the sincerity and intimacy of female friendships. So to really have um, interviewees be able to express their authentic voice, really being able to capture the essence of their experiences. And I think through promoting that culture of transparency, you are able to, you know, highlight women's intelligence. I think that when women are restricted in the ways that they communicate, especially for models, people involved in adult content creation, you kind of place a barrier on their sense of expression. And I think that ultimately reinforces the subjugation of women in society. So really capturing um, the multifaceted nature of women's ambitions and trying to capture their voice in the most authentic way possible. Um, That's how I try to approach it. I'm still working on that. And I'm taking a lot of journalism classes at school. So it's been a very fulfilling process so far. And I'm really grateful for everyone I've worked with. Yeah, I love that. I love everything you're saying, especially about, you know, transparency and really the organic flow and really organic conversation. Um, Because again, as you and I both know, I mean, it's really difficult, especially nowadays, um, you know, via social media or even the internet in general to find authentic, real and really honest conversations that are very vulnerable, um, especially, you know, within the women's community um, and also in the fashion community. So I congratulate you so much for really being a voice for that community and also spreading light on just so many ranges of industries and also platforms um, within, you know, the female force. So I'm just so excited for this. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So digging more into your inspiration, not just only within your blog, but also within your life as well. I want to highlight this. Where do you really find your inspiration and how does that also work into your creative process as a writer and blogger? The biggest source of inspiration I've drawn from, I would say, is um, Lauren Greenfield, and she's an anthropologist. She has done a lot of projects across the 90s and early 2000s, highlighting female culture, its ties to capitalism, um, the portrayal of femininity in relation to the body specifically. And I just really like the essence of her work, the way she captures, you know, people's lifestyles visually and also through writing. I I'm such an admirer of her, and that's what I try to promote through my blog as well. Um, Just that transparency, that authenticity. And another source of inspiration I draw from are my friends, just witnessing the interactions I have in my college environment. Um, Very stimulating socially, so drawing like inspiration from other people's ideas and promoting those conversations, I think, has been really valuable. Yeah, I love what you said about, you know, building your network and having a good group of people around you. I feel like 
life is cool, but I think when you have people around you that actually care about you and want to support you and as well as your passions, um, you know, it just makes life experience so much better. And I feel like throughout my life, and I'm sure you can relate as a woman, I've kind of had to find my own tribe. Um, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just so cool when you finally find your tribe and you're like, wow, you know, like these people are so amazing. And, you know, you just feel so you know, it's like electricity, you know, it's like you are speaking to them, but they're speaking to you. And it's just an honest and real exchange of, again, support, empowerment, and also celebration. And I love that, you know, we can do that as women, um, and not only as women, but just as individuals, you know, it's so cool to have just that growth and that honesty within, you know, people around you that, again, understand you and really just want to be there for you and support you and root for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I would say it's been really meaningful specifically to have friends of different interests as well. Um, I've made friends recently who've been involved in modeling and I love hearing about their experiences. Obviously, I'm still very new to the industry. Um, you know, friends, you know, at school, friends involved in like fitness, Pilates. I just love hearing different people's perspectives and I try to bring all of that to my work. So it's been really great and I'm really grateful to have that support system. I love that. Yeah. Highlighting the multifaceted. Yeah. I love that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. So moving on to self-esteem and confidence, I always ask almost every woman that I've on the show what their take is on their own confidence and self-esteem. How would you really define your own uh, source of self-esteem, but also confidence as a woman? I would say modeling specifically, it can be very uplifting, but also very humbling. Um, and something I've learned, obviously, I'm still getting started in the industry, is being able to separate your inner being from your appearance. Um, when working with photographers, fortunately, everyone I've worked with has been really wonderful. But I've heard stories of people's appearances being critiqued, their body being critiqued. And to be able to separate your external self from who you are internally um, I think that's the most valuable thing you can do in terms of uplifting your sense of confidence. And my mom, my mom always says this, it's like beauty fades over time, but your intelligence, your mannerisms, the way you treat other people, that has more permanence. So I would say it's more valuable to derive confidence from like your personality rather than your external appearance. And something else about modeling too, is I think you have exposure to all of these beautiful women. I think most women are beautiful, honestly, but it makes you realize how little looks matter long term and that there's other intangible things that contribute to your self-esteem and sense of self-worth more directly and for me that has been really valuable to learn yeah that makes a lot of sense you know i'm sitting here i'm just nodding my head as you speak because <laughs> it's so true you know beauty fades or appearance fades but you know your intelligence and your intellectuality intellectuality you know lasts forever and I think it's so important to really highlight, highlight that as well, because I, I think, you know, there's so many beauty trends present on our, you know, present day social media. Um, and, you know, beauty trends have been around for, you know, years and years and years. And, you know, from your own perspective as well, what is your own authentic and, you know, really organic raw take on beauty standards and how they are affecting, let's just say, you know, younger girls, let's just say in their teenage years, you know, what's your take on that? I've never really been that involved in like the beauty industry until I started modeling. I have always been terrible, still am pretty bad at doing my own hair and makeup. I've always felt a little bit detached from that like part of my life specifically and I'm more interested in like clothing and fashion, but I will definitely say that there's been more of a focus on skincare, natural beauty, and while I think that can be 
helpful in promoting like authenticity and transparency and just encouraging women to take care of themselves holistically, I think that can be problematic in the sense that it restricts creative expression. And I have so many friends who are talented and amazing at makeup um, and they can express themselves so creative creatively. And I think that all forms of like beauty should be celebrated. So um, I don't know, that's my perspective on the ongoing beauty trend, the clean girl trend specifically, but in terms of beauty standards more holistically, I think that modeling, what I've noticed is that it has like a facade of being diverse. And I think a lot of those efforts are relatively performative. Um, I was speaking with another friend about this, but a lot of models have shared characteristics. And I think that there's a lot of work to be done in terms of promoting diversity and elevating mar marginalized voices. Mm. Yeah, very well said. I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, you know, throughout the years within the industry, there was a, you know, a one, one, one image, a singular image being put out there and commercialized and produced for years to the point where everyone saw it and people and young girls and women and, and you know, little, little girls as well would see these images of, let's just say, you know, cover of magazines or editorials or campaigns or commercials and say, well, I want to look like that. But it was only one look. It should have never been just one look. And that's when you know, let's just say in the, you know, mid 2010s, early 2020s versus our present day, it's, it's still shifting, but it shouldn't have taken this long. And I've had so many conversations with so many girlfriends of mine, um, and men as well. And it's true, you know, it's a slow shift. And I, I, I just wish the shift was faster and happened years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you bring up a great point. I think a yeah. lot of that is also subconscious too. And how clients, casting directors, and agents select models oftentimes based on the state of the economy. So that in periods of inflation, models who are androgynous, more gender fluid, and expressive in the way they present themselves are valued because there's more consumerism that is happening. People are gravitating towards more centric like wardrobe pieces and in periods of recession uh, models who are more like stereotypically aligned with gender norms are selected for a lot of campaigns and jobs because people have um, people are gravitating towards more traditional like clothing and it's like very subconscious and it's based on like spending patterns and the way people gravitate towards different like fashion styles but even what you see like visually it can be so dependent on like consumerism and capitalism and I find it so interesting to examine the ties between the economic state of our country and then also the beauty types that is presented to us. And also commercialized too, you know, yeah, and sure. it's interesting, you know, it's such an interesting topic. I feel like the fashion industry as a whole has been almost on this imaginary hamster wheel for decades and decades and decades, and it'll never stop. Um, my question is, you know, I'm sure you have the same question is, you know, how is this affecting our mental health and not just as models, but also people that are, you know, outsiders looking into this industry. It's a very, it, there's almost no lines drawn, you know, it's very cut and dry and it's very, you know, it, it's right in front of us, but it's very difficult to identify if that makes sense. For sure. No, I completely agree. And in terms of mental health, I think that there's, I guess, just kind of a lack of awareness and support for models specifically. I think that since social media is such a large part of models' jobs and since they have to portray a certain image online, I think there's like a lack of openness and awareness about people's mental health struggles. And that's problematic for models because they're not able to access resources they need. They're not able to communicate their needs mentally. And 
it's also problematic for audiences who are viewing that because they're not able to see the adversity and struggles that models experience. And I think that promoting a culture of awareness and openness surrounding that is really important. So I think you bring up an excellent point. Yeah, absolutely. And I must ask you before you started your blog, how many models, you know, did you hear or see or witness speaking about mental health? Actually, very few. Um, Maybe like a couple influencers um, who I was seeing online, but I think they already had such large platforms that in a sense, they had a privilege of speaking about that openly without sacrificing or risking their careers, if that makes sense. So the only models who I had really seen sharing that were like Bella Hadid or like models with, you know, millions of followers and very like expansive platforms. I think that when you're an emerging model, there's more risk involved in that you have to present yourself in a very specific way in order to hear, like adhere to like the behavioral norms of how you're expected to be as a model and how you're supposed to present yourself to clients. So I don't know, not very many. (laughs) I I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, not very many um, on my end either. And that was the reason why, and, you know, I'm sure that's another reason why you wanted to start your blog as well is, you know, there's not much visibility um, upon mental health or not just mental health, but just overall wellness, um, you know. Definitely. And I think that openness should be like celebrated. It's also hard. I think that medication and therapy are still in the process of being like normalized. And fortunately, I'm surrounded by a group of people and a great group of friends and They've been very uplifting of me and, you know, encouraging about pursuing therapy when I've been having like difficult life periods. But I think that a lot of other people struggle with accessing those resources. So, you know, just promoting a culture of normalizing, like bettering your mental health, normalizing therapy, normalizing medication and normalizing taking care of yourself over prioritizing working and your external appearance. I think that's very valuable. I completely agree. Yeah, should be, you know, very much acknowledged and you know be on a visible level um not just on social media but just in general you know um it's super super important and i know that you've had a lot of goals within your own blog and as a woman um and you also have covered mental health on your blog as well and really just authentic conversations and you've just done so much within your own blog but what are some further goals that you have for not just, you know, as a woman, um, but also just, you know, being a voice for, you know, so many communities that you advocate for. Yeah, of course. I think definitely diversifying the voices that I'm covering right now. Um, I've been able to speak to a few people, but definitely expanding my network, um, especially geographically, because I think that in the U.S., specifically on the East and West Coast, we live kind of in a bubble. Um, So just really being able to meet with people um, in different cities, different countries. I have readership in different countries. um, So elevating voices that aren't necessarily American and hearing their perspectives. Um, I've been learning Russian, so hopefully increasing my fluency so I'm able to communicate to Russian models. Um, Oh, that's cool. That's right. Здравствуйте, как дела? Oh, yeah, очень плохо <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, awesome. Uh, that's so awesome for you. That's so cool. I'm so excited for you. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to learn more languages, but, you know, I mean, uh, work, time, work, time. It's just, you know, it's funny because this is kind of all topic, but, you know, learning a language is actually yeah. quite harder <laughs> than yeah. what people think. <laughs> Wait, so how long have you been speaking Russian for? That's so cool. 
oh gosh, um, quite some time now, you know, over the years, I've kind of was like, oh, you know, I think that'd be so cool to learn. I've done a lot of work um, out in Russia. And then also, um, I'm Ukrainian, and I have like a little oh, bit of Russian okay. in me as well. So, so yeah, awesome. it's just kind of come natural for me. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can understand it fairly well, but speaking is very difficult for me as well as writing. Writing, yeah, writing is difficult because um, it's like a whole other alphabet, so it's difficult, you know, the writing and it's it's very fun though. It's cool to connect with other people from different countries, but not only different countries, but like different cultures as well. Um, and that was another reason why I wanted to create this advocacy platform as well, because I'm sure you can relate. Because, you know, it's one thing to advocate for your own country, but when you're advocating for other countries that actually need the visibility as well, it just makes the experience just so much better. And I've learned, and you learn a lot too. You know, being involved in again, so many industries, um, you know, with or not, oh, yeah, I guess you can say industries, but also industries within so many other countries. Um, it's just such a beautiful experience because you're really getting that full circle moment, you know? Of course. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think Russia specifically has like a huge modeling presence. And I think the way mental health is discussed there is so like completely different. So being able to elevate those voices and provide that visibility, as you said, is so crucial. So Hopefully it's something that I can contribute to, but I have a long way to go in terms yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you'll get there for sure. You know, it's so. so amazing, you know, and it's so cool what technology can really do for us nowadays. I mean, and you know, let's just say 20 years ago, I mean, we would not be able to do this um, yeah. as, you know, easily as we can do now as far as accessibility. So it's very cool how, how much technology has progressed to the point where we can actually actively um, you know, participate in advocacy movements in other countries. It's very cool. Yeah, sure. definitely. And also, too, what is the passion that you have just outside of modeling? Um, but also, what's really sparking your interest right now? Like, what's really on your radar? I have been interested in reading more. I've been reading Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. And I've also been really interested in fitness and cooking, um, just kind of ways to stimulate myself physically. I love Pilates. I'm a Pilates instructor at school, so I'm really trying to strengthen that skill over break. Um, I'm on break from college right now, so those are things that I really enjoy doing. I've also been learning piano. Um, I've played since I was six, but I'm trying to kind of relearn some of the skills that I've lost, so um, I just really enjoy doing different things. I have a lot of interests, and I really love everything that I do, so Hopefully 2024 will provide me with more opportunities to pursue all, all of those things. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I actually started playing piano at six as well. So I think that's very ironic. That's so cool. Do you have yeah. any favorite um, artists that you like to play? Oh, gosh, I haven't played in a long time. Um, but I just love anything instrumental. I played the violin when I was in middle school as well. So, so cool. yeah, music has always just been throughout me. You know, I haven't played in a long time, but I hope to, I, I mean, I'm the same as you. I hope to kind of dabble back into it, um, sure. you know, when I have more time in the new year. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. So we are going to move into rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. If you could change one thing about the modeling industry, what would it be and why? Um, I think that models should be able to unionize. Um, and I know that's difficult because models age out of the industry pretty quickly, but I think that models especially are often placed in vulnerable situations professionally. And I think that's something um, that models should have access to. Mm, yeah, very well said. Very well said. I second that. What is one quote that you live by? Um, shoot, there's not like a singular one, but my mom always like encourages me to be polite. So I try to carry that with me wherever I go. 
<laughs> yeah, I yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> There's also a Russian quote she said where it's like, a woman, she's like. The woman is like the neck that turns a man's head. I don't know if there's like a direct translation for that, but she says that to me a lot. That's cool. I've actually heard of that as well. Um, There's a lot of like cool quotes. Um, I forget, like I have to like send you some as well, like after the show, because there's so many quotes that I I have like a quote, like mood board on my phone. And yeah, I love, um, I love this one book. um, It's called Milk and Honey. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful book. It's not like quotes, it's more of poems. Um, and they have so many, like, so many beautiful, like, little sayings and poems and things like that. So I would definitely recommend that. Anybody listening, I would definitely recommend that book. It's such a beautiful book and it's just so pure and wholesome and it's artistic. And yeah, I definitely recommend that. Incredible. Who is the number one singer on your playlist? This is really basic, but I love Beyonce. I always work out to her and I like how upbeat she is. So on days where I'm feeling kind of down, she's like my go-to artist to listen to. Uh, Renaissance. Yeah, I'm <laughs> obsessed. Renaissance, Lemonade. Like, yeah, my favorite. Yes, me too. Me too. And lastly, who is your dream client? Dream client, like fashion client? Yes. Um, I really love Stella McCartney in terms of like their sustainability and how environmentally conscious they are. Um, So yeah, I feel like that would be great, but long way to go. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, I love love Stella McCartney as well. And I love the sustainability as well. Um, Yeah, we need more of that in this this industry for sure. I love anything that has a sustainable approach. Um, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining the Model Memo. This has been such just an amazing conversation, a real like woman to woman conversation. And I'm just so happy that we were like able to do this and just able to collaborate and do our own thing. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. These were such great questions and I really enjoyed being able to speak with you.